I gotta get going. Where's my sample? In the refrigerator. Door on the left. Uh. Which pouch? Oh, any of them. My God, what's wrong with the machine? There's nothing wrong with the machine. It's a hot sample. You've been drinking again. I haven't. Oh, Christ, Eugene. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I haven't. There is more vodka in this piss than there is piss. All right, I'm sorry. I had half a glass to celebrate. I'm sorry. Try Friday's. That one will be okay. There's only Wednesday left. Wednesday. That's the one. Listen, it's not too late to back out. This is the last day that you're gonna be you and I'm gonna be me. Well? Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot! It's The Boot! We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. They should just stop trying. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> So bad. Please, Please stop trying. But they're not. So we're going to keep going with our own reboots. Yep. So get in the uh, scrub booth and scrub down all those DNA cells because we got some genetic testing to do tonight. We're talking about the 1997 sci-fi noir Gattaca starring Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Jude Law, Lauren Dean, and Alan Arkin. I love this movie. I do too. It's it's weird how it's almost like beloved by a lot of people. I was going to say, I'm curious how many people are going to be like, Gattaca? What's Gattaca? But you should know what it is. You should know. It's so good. I forget what this is from, but a friend of mine in college, anytime this movie came up, he would just sort of scream, if you only see one movie in your life, <laughs> see Gattaca. <laughs> and I, I think it was from like a film critic's review that he heard as a kid and he was like, and I never forgot that. If you only if see, you only see one, one movie, movie in your life. Stop now. Watch Gattaca. So let's introduce ourselves. Oh, I'm Brian hey. Flynn. And with me as always, Kenna Trent. Kenna, how you doing? I'm great. You never let me say my own name. Not like I'm mad about it, but <laughs> it's just kind of funny. <laughs> well, now I feel like you've been harboring this for so long. Well, why don't I you... mean, I'm not angry, but like I definitely keyed your car on All the right. way in. We'll make some changes. Um, Ken and I will go through Gattaca and pick our top five characters from the movie mm -hmm. and recast them as if Gattaca was going to be rebooted today. Oh, and which it should. It probably will yeah. by the time this is over recording. We'll probably get the deadline news. and be Somebody's like... having a late night meeting discussing <laughs> the green lighting. Oh, man. Before that, we're going to start off, though, not so much reboot news. This is a little no. adjacent to reboot news. Casting news? Well, I guess it came up when another celebrity was talking about a reboot. Cameron Diaz has retired from acting, says Selma Blair. I believe this is from Deadline. Former A-list actress Cameron Diaz has made a new movie in years. A fellow actress Selma Blair offers a reason why. Diaz quietly retired, making her film debut in 1994 Jim Carrey vehicle The Mask. It didn't take long for Diaz, then a model, to garner major attention from both Hollywood at large and the public in general. Um... We all know who Cameron Diaz is. This is just a yeah. small biography. But what's interesting is a quote from Selma Blair stating, I had lunch with Cameron the other day. We were reminiscing about the sweetest thing. I would have liked to do a sequel, but Cameron's retired from acting. She has a pretty good life. I don't know what it would take to bring her back. She's happy. So this kind of comes about in roundabout ways to the idea that they were going to remake The Sweetest Thing. And I'm going to look up The Sweetest Thing. Starring Cameron Diaz, Selma Blair, and... Christina Dana Applegate, Applegate, Thomas Jane, Jason Bateman. Thomas Jane. What a weird movie. Ken and I often talk about celebrities who faded a bit or, mm -hmm. or like, we often will just sort of ask each other, like, where's this person been? Yeah. 
Cameron Diaz, I haven't seen anything since. I'm trying to think the last thing I might have seen her in, and I can't. Well, we were talking earlier, the last thing I saw her in was The Counselor, mm-hmm. where she had sex with a motor vehicle. <laughs> to what end, I don't sure. remember. The movie was pretty bad. I just, I feel like this is a thing, like actors deciding somewhat prematurely, like she's still very young, could still have quite a career ahead of her, but just deciding to call it a day. I know. I, I think what's striking to people who are kind of obsessed with celebrity culture and, mm-hmm. and Hollywood and movies and all that is this profession is is so desirable to see someone just say, like, I'm done, especially her career could still go another 40 years. Mm-hmm. But to call it early, I mean, I guess she's just made enough money. She doesn't have to do anything anymore. But I was going to say it in a rude way, but I'm trying to say, like, <laughs> I know that there's more roles for her out there. And yeah. there's more projects that she could be doing. I just Which, like, which yeah. Shrek are we on? Tonight, we take the kingdom back from Rumple. The plan is simple. Wait, what's this? That's my chimichanga stand. We won't be needing that. Trust me, y'all are going to be really hungry after this ambush, okay? Chimichanga! Do we think Shrek could pull her back into the game? Please not. <laughs> Well, where's Mike Myers? Oh, he's um, he's on that game show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's on the like golf adopted show. a new persona <laughs> to host a game show. That's where we are in the world. What about how do you feel about Cameron Diaz? I like Cameron Diaz, so it's a little sad that like the fact that we can't even remember the last two years that we just like can't even think of. That's kind of disappointing. Her last movie was in 2014. She starred oh. in Annie, the Annie oh. remake, and then before that, she was in Sex Tape. Right. Playing a character named Annie. Miss Hannigan. That's who she was, right? Yeah. In Annie? The other I woman, don't know if they changed anything. Counselor you know. 2013. This new Annie was kind of wild. All right. Slightly, I don't know if it's more exciting. It's definitely more puzzling. Triplets, the sequel you did not even know you needed. Arnold Schwarzenegger has confirmed that Eddie Murphy will be in it, and the script is finished. They're done? <laughs> Triplets may have been in the works for a while, but it now seems to have reached a strong place in its development with confirmation that its script has been finished. This project is the sequel to Twins, the film that marked Arnold Schwarzenegger's first foray into pure comedy since his explosion into stardom in the 1980s and teamed the Austrian up with Danny DeVito as long-lost twins Julius and Vincent. Arnold Schwarzenegger, born to be bad, and Danny DeVito... Way to go, Mom! Are twins. My name is Julius. I'm your twin brother. Obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. Only their mother can tell them apart. They call it here a shock sequel, with Eddie Murphy penciled in to star as the third brother alongside Schwarzenegger and DeVito. Yeah, buried in this article, it says that the project was in hiatus are known to be in hiatus back in 2015. However, last year, Schwarzenegger himself confirmed that he would be filming it after Terminator 6. (laughs) Which, Uh. oh my gosh. I feel like we are on autopilot right now. (laughs) Like, the last Terminator movie was awful. And they're like, you know what, though? We're going to make another one. And then Schwarzenegger is just like, you know what? While we're at it, let's throw some money at triplets. You know what? I'm not. I'm back. I'm not mad at triplets. You know why? They don't make those kind of movies anymore. I remember watching Triplets as a kid. It's just such a weird... Twins? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm already I'm already on board for Triplets. <laughs> no, I remember watching Twins as a kid, and I just remember it being those kind of... It, it was such a high-concept comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 
I'm fine with the but sequel. Do we Eddie think, Murphy, though, it's like these guys. That's my big question. Do we think that there was a certain magic to twins at the time that can still be achieved with its aging stars by adding another aging star well, into the mix? It's hard. Eddie Murphy is the X factor here because I think people will still see a Schwarzenegger movie. And Danny DeVito has been killing it in comedy for the last 12 That's seasons true. of Always Sunny. I'm not worried about him. But Eddie Murphy has gone into exile and I think recently tried to come mm-hmm. back with a – I think he tried to come back to stand-up. But, I, yeah, I have hmm. – but I don't know who else you were going to get. Because they're trying to get someone of that generation of, of celebrity. I'm I mean, fine with it. I'm going to watch been, it. It's been in the books forever. Somebody has been fighting for this movie. <laughs> so good for them. It's like the Don Quixote movie of comedies. It's like finally <laughs> it's coming out. It's an accursed project. I'm going to see the dead horse on screen. I want to see the cadaver <laughs> that is brought to me. What I want to know is who is trying to make Kindergarten Cop 2? Oh, please I'll make Kindergarten Cop f- I'll fight Cop for two. that movie. Please. I will storm into studios. I was quoting that <laughs> with movie. With a pitch doc for Kindergarten Cop 2. I was quoting that movie yesterday. It's so good. Um, all right, finally, Blumhouse's Spawn reboot may start shooting this spring. Fans who have been eagerly awaiting an update on Blumhouse's Spawn reboot are tentatively celebrating at the news. Uh, at news, the project will begin shooting this spring. The movie, based on the cult favorite comic book of the same name, follows Al Simmons, a former CIA black ops agent who is betrayed by his bosses when they hire his friend and partner, Bruce Stinson, to murder him. Simmons makes a deal with the devil to return to Earth to once again see his wife, but ends up coming back, transformed into a demonic creature as a hell spawn. He becomes a classic comic book anti-hero on the streets of New York. Big Spawn guy. Loved Spawn. Loved the movie Spawn. Yes. Featuring John Leguizamo as Clown. Just think of me as your guardian angel. The clown from hell. You're Jimmy Stewart and I'm Clarence. Oh, well, well uh, uh, every time uh, somebody farts, uh, a demon gets his wings. Uh, uh, yeah. oh, oops, twins. <laughs> was Judd Nelson the bad guy in that? No, who was the bad guy in Spawn? I can't mm. remember. But Martin Sheen. It was Martin Sheen. <laughs> That's right, Martin Sheen. Oh, God. president. Here's what I think is really interesting about this. You know I'm not a huge fan of redundant superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always game for something fresh. I'm especially game for something with more of like a horror twist. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I've already like bought my sick ticket and I'm sitting in the theater yeah. waiting for, for the Blade reboot. Like just <laughs> give it to me right now. But... It's interesting that Blumhouse is doing this because somewhere in this article it does mention they're not changing any rules to create this movie. It's going to be a in the scope of superhero movies, you could consider their budget a micro budget. Mm-hmm. But they're doing what they do best. And I'm really fascinated to see how it stands up next to the juggernaut that is superhero fair that's happening right now. Well, I think this is where Spawn needs to be in terms of what studios should make Spawn. It should be a place that specializes in horror. Because I think the previous one was like PG-13. Or was it yeah. R? I mean, I don't remember it, it wasn't being R. Because they were trying to get the kids who, the kids, like the generation of kids, the kids, they're trying to get the kids. <laughs> they're trying to get the kids. But it was a traditional superhero movie. And I think a lot of people since Deadpool have been clamoring for more R-rated stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. So we're going to get into our recast of Gattaca before we got some rules. Kenna, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us about them? Thank you so much. Tell for... us about the DNA of this show. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
First of all, guys, this is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. Honestly, especially because of this movie, even if you've seen it once before and in your head you're like, hey, I like that movie. That was a good movie. Stop right now and go rewatch it. Or if you've never seen it, make sure you watch it. A, because it's good. B, because you're going to want to know what we're talking about. So hit pause right yeah. now. And, we're and back. now you're back. Thanks How for was it? Back. Wasn't it a great movie? It was really good. Jude Law's the best, isn't he? So yeah, open up your IMDb, get ready to look at people because there's a good chance you're not going to know all the names we're going to say and you're going to want it. We also have a, a few rules because just like any crazy futuristic society that is obsessed with eugenics, we need rules. No invalids. Right, Brian? <laughs> we won't stand for it. Illegal. The first rule is no remakes, <laughs> reboots, or long-lost sequels. So we won't do a movie that's already been remade in the last 20-ish years. And this includes franchises like Jurassic Park that come up every once in a while, make a sequel. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's bad. And we still give them more money to do it again. No imaginary casting. That's our second rule. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are A, alive and be working today. So as of now, we're not going to be casting Cameron Diaz in anything. That's true. These people have got to be working. Also, dead people aren't imaginary. They used to be here. We didn't make them up. But the idea is like, <laughs> you can't be like, I want Cary Grant to be in this movie. Uh -huh. That's like imaginary casting. Yeah. Because it's impossible. Yeah. Maybe that's what I should say. Impossible mm -hmm. casting. Sure. I don't like your tone. Uh, <laughs> and the third rule is no Tinder casting. We're not going to cast somebody just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent. These have to be people that we actually like watching or don't. Sometimes that happens. Guys, let's get into the reboot of Gattaca. I can't believe you pulled this off. They're sending you up there. Up there, for Christ's sake, you of all people. What's Titan like this time of year? What's Titan like? Titan is exactly like this. It's got a cloud around it, so thick nobody can tell what's underneath. Maybe there's nothing there. There's something there. You should be going instead of me. Why is that? Because up there, your legs wouldn't matter. I'm scared of heights. So we're going to recast the Five actors that I mentioned earlier, Vincent Freeman, played by Ethan Hawke, Irene Cassini, played by Uma Thurman, Jerome Eugene Morrow, played by Jude Law, Anton Freeman, played by Lauren Dean, and Detective Hugo, played by Alan Arkin. You know, I, I love this movie. I, every time I watch it, I'm like, man, this nothing about this movie ever turns me off to it. I will say, while watching it this time, I did get a feeling that, did this movie feel like self-important? That's a good question. It definitely feels like it has, as I was watching it, I kept thinking this movie is completely ripe for the plucking. Like somebody who could just make the connection between uh, any sort of like current social issues that we have going on and what this movie is about. Like there's a connection to be made there. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I think maybe it was trying to make a statement that was very, I don't know, maybe not... Maybe it just wasn't the time for it. Because it does sort of feel like they're trying to say something that you're like, do we need this right now? I mean, we always need it. But this movie came out in 97. I mean, I'm trying to think of like why, what what was the scare at the time of the late 90s? I mean, there was like Y2K. I remember everyone was like looming about the end of like 
financial institutions. But yeah. I'm just trying to... Do you think people were, like, scared of cloning? I, I, like, I kind scared of, of the idea of, like, genetic Yeah, I do. I think, I think people... Uh, I remember there was sort of, like, an obsession with, you know, genetic m- manipulation or the idea of, like, gene manipulation. And so I'm try- trying to see where this movie came out in that window. But I absolutely uh, think this movie has something to say for audiences today. Yeah, which is really weird. Like, the further along it goes, the mm-hmm. more you're like, this is getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're getting pretty close. And there was something in the um, IMDb trivia that was like, there was a marketing campaign where yes. you could call in a, a British number and get your children genetically like screened. And, and people thousands did of people called in. People did it. You know what I did look up? Because as it was happening, and I've thought this before when I've watched it, is when he's doing the surgery to make himself taller. Yeah. I remember being like, can you really do that? You can. Really? There's now, this is, I watched a whole video about how you do it and it's horrifying because they like break your leg and insert a telescopic rod in through your hip bone. So it goes like down your leg bone. And then as the rod expands, you get taller. Oh my God. Because it's like a, it's like a cosmetic surgery now for like men who want to feel more confident Oh, really? Yeah. But that means that they have to also do it in your arms because, like, your arms have to be proportional to your legs, right? That's just, like, anatomy. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But Um, it sounds awful. It does sound awful. And I I kept thinking about, you know, when I was thinking about casting this, it was also hard because not only did you have to pick an actor who kind of looked like each other, you Mm -hmm. then had to pick a third actor who looked like all of them. It was almost like casting clones. But they have to be wildly different in personality. I mean, they're not clones, but... Here's the thing. First of all, do we think Ethan Hawke and Jude Law look anything alike? No. I mean... That's the right answer. They don't. What did I tell you? You look so right together, I want to double my fee. We don't look anything alike. It's close enough. When was the last time anybody looked at a photograph? You could have my face on your name tag, for Christ's sake. Your your exterior identity doesn't matter. Right. Only your interior DNA. That's all they care about. All they care about is what's pre-described, predetermined. Yes. And it's basically like man versus not destiny, but his his own circumstance. Mm-hmm. Can someone overachieve their circumstance? But um, it's interesting <clears throat> because then like when you find out who Vincent's brother is as an adult, he also doesn't really look like him. So the whole issue of like, eh, we'll just like change your eye color and do this and that. Like, does it really matter? I don't know. I mean, I guess I just it's think, just vaguely. It's like. I just think they shouldn't have tried to find somebody who looked like Jude Law. Like, I think it's just like really overachieving. Yeah. I will say, too, I thought this movie was effective in its tension building. I found myself at every turn being like, you leave traces of yourself that you can't fake everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. So like, they find his eyelash, which I guess apparently it's not super easy to get DNA off of an eyelash, but whatever. Also, there's like old DNA everywhere. Yeah. So I would constantly be like, how do you fool? And with a a world that is so obsessed with at every turn, being like, we need a blood sample. We need to swab your mouth. We need to do this and this. Like, Mm -hmm. how, how do you successfully avoid that for any amount of time? I was so nervous for him every time he and had he to was... approach somebody and be like, sure, yeah. Oh, when the cops stop them. Oh, yeah. And, in the tunnel. Yeah. And they want to like swab him and he's like, don't want to give you like a mixed sample or something like that. <laughs> what a dog. 
And I was like, no, yeah. yikes. I mean, he also kept us up for years, too. Yeah. But how? How do you do that? I'm careful planning, you know? <laughs> you just try. Diligent system breaking, I guess. All right. Who wants to go first? I don't mind going first if you... Yeah, go first. Do it. Okay. I want to um, go last. This is why I also had trouble mm-hmm. with this movie. I kept being like, who's like Ethan Hawke? Who's like Jude Law? And I, mm. and it was like, these guys are like huge movie stars. Uma Thurman, huge movie yeah. stars. And then a friend of mine was like, um, this was actually like Jude Law's, one of, this was like a breakout role for him. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. So was I, went it? His, I went through his IMDb and it was, yeah. I mean, he had, I think he had done like two other movies, which I had never heard of before. And then he did huh. this movie and then it was like banger, 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 <laughs> banger. Like he had like six movies in a row that I was like, oh, maybe I'm just lobbing this like renaissance of Jude Law as like, he's just Jude Law now. So I felt free now, like Vincent. Oh. Oh, to kind of cast more, I don't want to say indie darlings, but like people who haven't had that big break yet, who Mm -hmm. I think will kind of be noticed from Hollywood. So for Vincent, I played, I want to make sure I get this guy's name right, Lakeith Stanfield. I like him a lot. I couldn't not think about him as Vincent. And for those of you who don't know who Lakeith is, he was in Get Out, he's Mm -hmm. in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and he's coming out with a new movie called Sorry to Bother You, which looks like if Spike Lee and Edgar Wright had a baby. Like the movie is tonally yeah. like crazy and weird and looks pretty funny. Yeah. But I, I was like, I want someone who's kind of like a, uh has done a lot of indie movies that hasn't really been noticed mm-hmm. yet, but is like ready to kind of be yeah in much bigger stuff. But because of that, it like shaped the rest of my cast in a lot of ways. Like yeah. honestly, I had three casts. And wow. I did like I did like a gender swap cast. I did just sort of like people who I thought could play it. But I want Lakeith in this role. Like, I don't give a shit about anything else. Like, I, he's my guy. I'm rolling with him. And uh-huh. so that that's how it, like, that's how I did this this episode. I like him a lot. I think he's super talented. And he is sort of poised for an explosion. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting to see where that comes from. You know what I think he's, I bet he'll be in a Spielberg movie within th- mm. three years. More like Ready Player One Spielberg, less like The Post. Oh, Spielberg. really? What about, like, Catch Me If You Can Spielberg? Maybe. Does that Spielberg even exist? <laughs> Where is it? Is that Where Spielberg, is Spielberg? With us today? Where is Spielberg? Okay. Um. Okay. So I actually did gender swap my cast. Mm. I really liked because I know we're not changing the story of the movie, but I thought an interesting way to update it mm-hmm. would be to create kind of a world where it's more about how women are perceived, especially because it is so, um, not that this doesn't exist for men, but um, I think there's such an importance on not just the way you look, but like how successful you are. Like it all sort of piles on women in a really interesting way. I thought it would be kind of fun to see how a female Vincent would play out. You think I killed the mission director? What makes him think that? They found my eyelash. Where? In the corridor. Oh, well, it could be worse. They could have found it in your eye. They've got my picture plastered up all over the place. I can't turn around without seeing my own face. They'll recognize me. They won't recognize you. They'll recognize me. I don't recognize you. They won't marry the eyelash to you. They won't believe that one of their elite could have suckered them all this time. There's also the biological limitation. Like, you got to be strong enough, fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to live a long time. Yeah. And I think that's definitely something that... Could you imagine 
knowing because I mean when you're born obviously you don't comprehend this but you imagine being like seven years old and it being like your first memory that your parents are like your uh, expiration is 30 years old can I imagine it yeah just because I think there are people who you know unfortunately have that kind of limitation and they deal with it like I have a friend who has a condition I think he's like one of five people who have lived way past this Whoa. condition. Yeah. So like I can't imagine it. But mm-hmm. in terms of what you're talking about where it's like, like the everybody science. Everybody knows. Yeah. Like everyone knows. Like it's just like a thing. No. That's so weird. I was so already just like, ugh, at the beginning when the baby's born and they're like listing all these potential things that are mm-hmm. wrong and his dad like won't even give him his name. Give him his name. Oof, it's heartbreaking. Oof. That was tough. So yeah, I cast... As, I don't even know what we would call her, but as Vincent Freeman, Mm -hmm. Brie Larson. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Brie Larson from Room. Mm -hmm. Not The Room, but Room, (laughs) where she won an Academy Award. What an interesting Scott Pilgrim versus The World. 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I sort of like the idea of her maybe seeming more frail than she actually is. Yeah. Just watch Room. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll just watch her sort of be not just like a survivor, but someone who lives in a world where her whole life is in danger at every moment. Yeah. Just like Vincent. So perfect, perfect choice. Yeah. Perfect choice. I am now, though, very interested in your Anton because if you were going this route, I kind of want to bring up something. So I'll put a pin in that. I did something very strategic for my Anton. So just That's what I'm curious about. Just wait. So we'll get there. Okay. uh, Moving on to Irene uh, Cassini. Cassini. Played by Uma Thurman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who, this was one of my favorite facts because I did look up the height differences because Vincent uh, is supposed to be like, what, like... 5'10". Yeah, like a certain amount taller than he actually is. Jerome is is like 6'1 or 6'2". And the interesting thing is that Jude Law and Ethan Hawke are both Mm 5'10". Uma Thurman is six feet tall. Yeah, she's a tall lady. Good for her. And they fell in love on this movie. <laughs> and then and then divorced, divorced. several years later. That <laughs> happens. That eh. happens. Love fades. <laughs> that was so aggressive. Oof. I apologize. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> um okay, who well oh I should it's go up, first this yeah. time. Since I gender swapped my Vincent, Irene is now a man. Okay. S- stay with me. So in the place of Uma Thurman, since this character is now a man, I cast Nicholas Holt. Oh, that's funny you should mention him. Not for this. <laughs> but for... For the audience, I'm going to peek behind the curtain and tell you how the, the sausage s- is made. <laughs> Ken and I have many of these episodes in waiting, and, and Nicholas Holt is uh, might show Ooh. up in, very soon. So for those of you who don't know Nicholas Holt... He's in the, the newer X-Men series. First Class... Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. Um, Mad Max. About a boy. About a boy. He is the boy. Yeah, he's been like acting for a really long time. Mm-hmm. I think he is really amazing and honestly much better than like he's currently working mm-hmm. right now. Like he could be doing much bigger things <clears throat> and just keeping it kind of kind of small. What's funny about Nicholas Holt is I like w- he's in Warm Bodies. He plays this zombie oh, who falls yeah. in love with a woman and it's a really good movie. But I, like, can't remember a standout Nicholas Holt performance. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. not that he needs it for Gattaca. I mean, Irene's character in this movie has, I mean, I kind of feel like Irene's best scenes come either when they just had sex or she 
goes to the home and finds Jerome for the first time is like creeped out that she kind of has to like play along. Hello, sweetheart. Where's my kiss? Good to see you're feeling better. Who's your friend? How can I help? It's about the director. Huh. Again? I hope it's no trouble. No, no. No trouble. Couldn't we do this another time? Well, this won't take a moment. Maybe you can tell me what I've got. She's like a computer for a lot in this movie. The whole thing where he like, she like hands him the hair and he's yeah. like, it blew away in the breeze. Yeah. And then she does the same yeah. thing. That made me laugh. You know what? Actually, I stand corrected. His performance in Mad Max was definitely memorable. Because he's really good. He's much more wild in that than a lot of his other movies. It's surprising considering I think who you think he is. That yeah. he is like, yeah. I mean, I think, what's his name? George. Miller. Miller probably brings that out yeah. in people. Okay, so I cast Olivia Thirlby. Do you know who she is? I think her first movie was in Juno where she played the best friend. And then yeah. she was in Dread as like his new partner. And yeah. she was just in a movie with John Krasinski playing Between Us. And Kenna is now like grinding no, 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 her no, no, teeth no, no, no. at a lot Don't of this stuff. Don't pay attention to my face. Um, but I think she, Irene to me is like a perfect student at this like Gattaca camp wherever this like company. Mm -hmm. And I think Olivia can bring sort of that same quality while also looking like very intriguing in a noir i know we're not supposed to do looks i know we're not supposed to do, to do looks but this movie is but so stylized like so it, striking about uma thurman yeah if you don't pick someone who is like striking tall statuesque yeah. like very groomed yeah yeah it, there's just something about i think the way that they made her look yeah but i agree i think she has that sort of she has that sort of look okay should we go on to Jerome? Jerome. Jerome. I love how his middle name is Eugene, and everyone's like, do you get it? His middle name is Eugene. Like eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, man. I mean, everyone's name is kind of pretty much on the nose. Like, oh, I did have a question. Is Okay, so when they say when they say the word degenerate, is that on purpose? I thought so. Yeah, I think it's like a... <laughs> it's supposed to be like a play on yeah. words. I was now a member of a relatively new and particularly detested segment of society. One of those who refuses to play the hand that he was dealt. I am most commonly known as a borrowed Latin or a degenerate. It's like Cuisinart. <laughs> it's on the same <laughs> level. I don't like, like it. Let's just mash these words. Although, like if you think about it, this movie does take place in the future. That's where language is kind of going. Where you just kind of smush words together mm -hmm. to say we're one word. we're being very convenient. Okay, Jerome's whole character is he is dealt this perfect hand, mm -hmm. and yet it's not enough, and so he feels kind of the weight of the other end of the spectrum than Vincent does. And well, he he's dealt a perfect hand, and it's it's taken away from him. Yeah, he can no longer use the good. Yeah. I don't know. How do you describe did it? Like you get the a good genes he has. He did can't. You, did you get a sense that even when he was able to walk and at peak health, that he was really using it 100%? Like Vincent scrapes and claws at every opportunity he gets. And I felt like mm. Jerome might be a little bitter that he didn't do the same thing, especially after he meets Vincent, that he well, didn't. I mean, the fact that he hires somebody to take his identity and give it to somebody mm -hmm. else, I think it's kind of proof positive yeah. of that um so i picked someone from a show that i've picked someone else before so i kind of am going back to this well okay but i picked an actor named marquis richardson and he is in dear white people 
And he mm-hmm. plays a character who has an incredible episode where his world kind of gets shaken and he he changes I'm not sure yet if it's like permanently because season two isn't out. But so okay. look, I know I'm not I don't have a defense really to stand a leg on, especially if you don't yeah, haven't seen this show. I don't know who he is. Um but he's just he's sort of like Lakeith, like I watch this guy, I'm like, why isn't this guy in other stuff? And so that's kind of why I picked him. And I could see him kind of being that sort of angry at the world that he 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 wasn't as perfect as he was like told he was. Things mm-hmm. aren't how he expected them to be. And so he's gonna just he's just gonna end it. And that's why I picked him. I like it. I don't know him, but um I trust that you've thought this through. Check it out. So I, for my Jerome, mm-hmm. I legitimately put a picture of this woman directly next to Brie Larson and looked at them for a long time because I was like, if you tried, could you make one look like the other? And I came to the conclusion that yes, you can. Movie magic. So I picked Alicia Vikander. Uh, from the new Tomb Raider movie. Yes. And from... the Danish girl Ex mm-hmm. Machina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She blipped on my radar. I didn't, I don't. No, I mean, I've seen Ex Machina, but I haven't, I didn't see The Danish Girl. I didn't see Jason Bourne, The Light Between Oceans. Oh, yeah, that movie. I didn't see that movie. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I, I don't know this person. I think she's super, super talented, but she, her presence, I think, could sort of mimic that, that notion of like, if Brie Larson is the person who is, who is clawing and scraping to reach a level of mm-hmm. perfection that they're not meant to. Like I can see her being the woman that has it. Yeah. And just can't do anything. I can I can I can feel the bitterness and the anger coming through yeah. in her. You're a navigator at Gattaca. That's what it says, doesn't it? It doesn't say you're crippled. I'm not crippled. I hurt my leg training, you moron. How dare you question me? What's your number? Get it. No, what's your number, you fucking flatfoot? Look, I said forget it. What do you want, an apology? Oh, it gets to you, doesn't it? It gets to you that I can do what you can only dream of. I'm getting off this ball of dirt. How dare you question me? That's harassment. My mistake. What's your number? What's your number? I feel like we've just flipped coins, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know the other person. We? We're just kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you did it. Good job. Yeah, so... I- Everything you said is correct, and I, I can't fault you on any of this. That's great. <laughs> That's how the world she does, should work. She does kind of, yeah, <laughs> I can sort of see that Brie Larson could kind of, you squint a bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you dyed their hair. Yeah. Meh. Oh my gosh, what about the breakdown Jude Law has when he finds out that the hair dye that they order like can't be sent to them? That was the company that sell us your hair dye. They've sent me summer wheat instead of honey dawn. Any fool knows it's two shades lighter. She said, why don't you try a change? I don't want a change. We can't use a change. Now I'm probably gonna have to pay for the five boxes they've sent me. Idiots I have to deal with, you wouldn't believe. He's like murdering someone over the phone. And Ethan Hawke comes in and is like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) The style of this movie aged really well. Yeah. I know we're the whole conceit is like we're going to put them in mm-hmm. the same script. You could probably use the same production design for a lot of this What's stuff. interesting is it, it does that like 90s thing where it's like we're in the future, which means everything is old, oh, but yeah. it functions as something new. So like they clearly just took like old model cars 
and put over it this like electric mechanical horror. Yeah. I don't mind that though. I mean, that kind of is what's happening now. I mean, like you we we at least Americans, we cannibalize a lot of our styles yeah. and a lot of our The nineties are now. Oh, how I wish that was true. Oh. <laughs> You'll be young again. <laughs> Okay, where are we? Where are we in this child again? We're wandering Um, here. Anton. Anton. Okay, so here's what I did for Anton. I did not cast a woman. That's what I was going to ask you. Because I liked the idea of one of the inciting incidents of the story being that in natural conception that the Freemans have a daughter and ultimately when they design another child, they want a son mm-hmm. and for that to be the preferred kid mm-hmm. i liked that plus it just plays totally differently when it's like two brothers that are like yeah we would play chicken all the time and he would always beat me no like i f- it, it feel like it just has such an impact for it to be like yeah we were brother and sister we would play chicken and he would beat me every time until mm-hmm. what i would think is absolutely interesting and i think that instinct for this reboot is correct Especially the way you pitch that, like, to take it from a woman's point of view and see how they would travel through this future mm-hmm. where genetics is so scrutinized. Absolutely. Because you get this notion that uh, Irene, like, confides in Jerome that she has a, a heart condition. Like, she has some sort of imperfection yeah. that could potentially... So she can't go into deep space. Yeah. She can still go into space, but it's like, <laughs> yo, the most stressful part There's of space <laughs> is the beginning of going to space. Unacceptable likelihood of heart failure. I think that's what the manual says. The only trip I'll take in space is around the sun and the satellite right here. Well, if there's anything wrong with you, I can't see it from where I'm standing. When the pressure of the globe is just pushing in on you. Which is weird because they make space travel seem very easy. He wears a suit into space. He wears But they're still like on a, just like rockets. Like a suit. Um, Who'd you pick? Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Who's well, it? I was going to say, Hoorah. I think the thing about Irene, that there's just so much of a, more of a story there, I think, because she lets him know that she has this thing and she's fine, but she just can't ever get to this one place. And I was like, man, but it must be so much harder for her to be at the level that he's at. Yeah. Because they are conceivably at the same level. And I think there's more of a story there. Anyway, so for Anton Freeman... I picked a person who has played an astronaut, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, Glenn Powell. I know this person. Who appeared in Hidden Figures and Scream Queens. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um, I know I know who is it. I'm only laughing because he played... Uh, <laughs> so he played John Glenn, right? Mm-hmm. He played um, John Glenn in Hidden Figures. And he, when he comes in, he's like the nicest person in the world, which I guess is apparently true. But uh-huh. in this movie, it was just so like, all right, guy, we get it. Like you're you're, you're nice. Yeah, <laughs> you're pretty woke. <laughs> like that's true. All right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really love him. Honestly, I think like he was my absolute favorite part of Scream Queens, which had a pretty decent first season. And I just like that he sort of looks like. The ideal Midwestern football playing guy. I could just see somebody's parents being like, we made a good one. Yeah, what's also funny about Anton is he's supposed to be really special, mm-hmm. but there's nothing special about his character. He, no. Like, even when he tries to muddle the 
search for the killer when Detective mm-hmm. Hugo is on Vincent's trail because he believes he's he's the one who did it. Mm-hmm. He's just so like he has like all these answers like ready to go to like throw off Hugo, but it nothing about him. He's just like a turd, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like at the on the beach scenes where he's like, you "Don't do this!" You're like, "This is what you're doing is illegal." I was like, "Dude, this is your brother, man. Yeah, this is your this is your brother. Like, and he wants a better life. Like, support him. Come on, man." And there is a point where they're having that co- that final confrontation, and he's still like, "You you've really like messed up." Listen, you're in a lot of trouble, Vincent. I can get you out of here. Do you have any idea what it took to get in here? You've gone as far as you can go. You come with me now. There's still a few million miles left to go. It's over. Is that the only way you can succeed, is to see me fail? I'm telling you. God, even you are going to tell me what I can and can't do now. In case you haven't noticed, I don't need any rescuing. And you kind of want to be like, yeah, but can't you just like applaud him a little bit that he made it to this point? If if only for the fact that he did it, let him do it. (laughs) Okay. So if you're still with us, if you're still following my cast, I mean, Kenneth's cast, we all know who they are. Please stay with me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I picked an actor who has been in a couple things, and he's pretty young, and I think he is very charismatic and very talented, and who could maybe play that ruse a little better. Like, did you, how many times have you seen Gattaca? A few. Did you ever suspect that Anton wasn't his brother? Ever? Yeah, probably. Like, probably the first time watching it, I was like, it's his brother! Somewhere in the middle where you realize that Anton isn't looking for Vincent. Yeah. For the same reason Hugo is. Mm-hmm. Something was just like, and they keep talking about this swimming. Huh. I mean, not to pat myself on the back when I was, whatever, 12 when I saw this. <laughs> but I was hoping that there could be a, an actor who could maybe change that a little bit. Okay. But I don't know if you're going to agree with me because I'm picking all these like indie actors. Okay. I picked uh, Shamik Moore, who was in Dope. Yes. The Get Down, and he's going to be in that Spider-Man cartoon as yes. Miles Morales. He, I think, is very charismatic. Mm-hmm. And I also want him to be in more things. Yes. I don't want him to be in cartoons anymore. It's great that he's going to be Spider-Man <laughs> in a cartoon. I want to see him so in movies. More. I like Dope. A lot. That's probably the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, but I think he's great. He strikes me as someone who's wildly talented mm-hmm. in a different way than Lakeith is. And so that's what I was kind of looking for is someone who sometimes I'm just like, I want to see more of these people. So I, yeah. in this imaginary world, there you go. It's difficult to listen to because you're like, who is that? But if you saw it, you'd be like, absolutely. We found like actors that. Like, at the time, Jude Law, like, coming up out of nowhere. That's crazy to me to think that Jude Law just, like, showed to up To think that there was a time when people did not know who Jude Law was. Look at him now. Look young, at him now. Young Pope, young Dumbledore. He's killing it. He's killing it. As old Jude Law. <laughs> there is no one like Jude Law. Okay. Detective Hugo, played by Alan Arkin. Man, I love Alan Arkin. He's, he's wonderful. He's so good. Here's, did, I, did I miss something? In my rewatch, but the th- the thing that I couldn't figure out is that he is somehow under Anton. Yeah, he's answering to him. Yeah. What is that about? Oh, I I kind of gleamed that it was that because he's younger, because he's like genetically engineered. Mm. That that Hugo comes from a time where this genetics. So like all the people who were older in this movie were the mission commander, uh-huh. uh huh, the janitor, uh huh, and 
Detective Hugo. Yeah. And they were all kind of these like thankless jobs, these Mm -hmm. kind of just like blue collar jobs. And so I kind of inferred that the older generations have been pushed aside to make way for these younger generations who have been like genetically created. Like you peak at a much earlier age because as you age, you become less valuable. Like there's no... So he's just like a gumshoe. Interesting. To like run errands for Anton, who's, you know, much more superior and genetically yeah. blah, 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 blah. So Was that's what I got. Was there also a difference between the guys wearing the blue jackets and the khaki jackets? I don't know. There's I wasn't just looking. so many subtleties to this movie <laughs> that I was like, I don't know what this means. All right. Speaking of subtle, here Uh-oh. comes my pick okay. of unknowns. <laughs> guys, you know what? I like that I picked all these people. I just, it's hard because if you listen to this in a car and hopefully you've pulled over. Yeah. This is so dang- check your IMDb's. Yeah. But, you know, I just, yeah, I would like to watch a movie where I'm just like, oh, I like this guy. I like this guy. I don't yeah, think that happens Maybe you're not days. super familiar with who, right. who it is. I picked Jiang Wen hmm. from Rogue One. Oh. He played Baze Malbus. He's the guy with the big gun. Yes. He's the big gun and the long hair. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I wanted someone who was just kind of very stoic. Mm-hmm. That's why I really liked Alan Arkin in this because he was just like, I'm just following the clues. He's All I have really... is the clues. Yeah. And they're pointing me to this direction. What are we doing here? I'm following the lead. Forgive me, sir, but that's what I do. I'm a detective. I follow leads. What makes you think the owner of the eyelash is here? He's an invalid, sir. Where do we look for invalids but where invalids are? That classic noir detective, like, bloodhound that's like, I got a clue, Mm -hmm. and I have a feeling in the back of my neck, and I'm just going to do whatever it takes to find this guy, even if my boss is telling me otherwise. Yeah. So I wanted to find an older actor who could kind of play that same thing. No, yeah, I think that's a really good choice, because... This actor was great in Rogue One. And I feel like it's one of those things where, like, if you're in a movie like this as a supporting actor, people are like, oh, that person was great. And then you'll never see them again. And it's like, why? This is their breakout moment. Throw this guy a bone. Let's see them again. Um, Okay, so I... Guys, I'm up to my old tricks again. I picked... Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I know you picked. I want you... (laughs) I want you to guess. Who do you Uh... think I picked? I think you picked Ethan Hawke. Wrong. Jude Law. No, but you're right that I did cast somebody from the original movie. Did you pick the dad? To be in the movie. Stop talking. Okay. <laughs> I picked I picked an actor that was in the original movie to be in the remake, and that actor is Blair Underwood, who played the geneticist that helps the Freemans figure yeah. out what they want. Yeah. Even though maybe at the time he wasn't a huge actor, mm-hmm. became a really steady TV actor. He was in one of my favorite Medea movies. Yeah, that's right. I'm on the record as saying I have a favorite Medea movie. <laughs> I think he's really good. And I would enjoy seeing an older, more experienced Blair Underwood as a, a more grizzled detective. Detective. Yeah. Yeah. What if you would pick Maya Rudolph? Who's in this movie? Yes, it was her, her first, first movie. movie. I love Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. Blair Actually, Underwood. I would I would love that movie a lot. You know what's funny is like this movie is so good in its subtlety that like you don't want to pick a splashy actor for this character. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, Blair Underwood. Okay, yeah. everyone, that's it for our casting. We're gonna get to our next segment. Where would Barry Pepper go? Okay, for those of you who have not listened to this pod before, Ken and I like to play a game called Where Does Barry Pepper Go? Where we take our Favorite character actor, Barry Mm -hmm. Pepper. And we stick him in this movie because we believe that Barry Pepper 
Should be in more movies. He should be in almost yeah. every movie. He should be in every movie. Not, not every movie. No, yeah, every movie. Okay. <laughs> every movie. He should be every in every movie. Every movie. So we're going to um, do our casting for Where Barry Pepper Should Go. Uh, do you want to go first? Should I go first? Sure. I had him as German, originally played by Tony Shalhoub. I did too. Yeah. Nice. The Shalhoub. The Shalhoub. But- I wish he was in more of it. I honestly, when I was like, oh, dang, Tony Shalhoub is in this movie, was really sad then when we really didn't yeah. see him again. He just like sets up shop and then he like tells them what to do. He gets paid and then he goes to other places, which I get that makes way more sense. But I think that character could have stuck around and could have been a little more. Which this was like a banner year for Tony Shalhoub. Isn't 97 when Men in Black came out? When did Monk start? Unforgettable. 2000s probably. In the 2000s. 2000s. What other little bits do we have here? This is really silly, but I actually rewound the beginning of the movie to make sure that I heard the doctor correctly when he says, it's a beautiful piece of equipment you got there. <laughs> oh, the I was doctor. like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Because yes. every time I've watched this, I was like, is that his dad? I kept thinking mm, like that was like his dad. Because yeah. he kept talking about like, I have a son who just reminds me of you, reminds me of you. And I was like, is that his dad? And then at the end, Ethan's just like, you could have just let me go. Like, I would have been out of here. I never did tell you about my son, did I? He's a big fan of yours. Just remember that I was as good as any and better than most. He wants to apply here. I could have gone up and back and nobody would have been the wiser. Unfortunately, my son's not all that they promised. But then who knows what he could do. It wasn't until this time I was like, oh, he's not talking about, like, he's not worried that his dad caught him. He's just yeah. worried that he was getting caught. But my whole life I was just like, was the doctor his dad too? I think I was just like, <laughs> just so, you know, sh- not shocked, but I was like, oh, the brothers, the detective. Mm-hmm. What else? Who else is in the family? But it's it's really beautiful because you can see he's like, I'm. He's rooting for I'm him. I'm right here and I'm not going to make it. And then when he's like, you're good. You passed, kid. I liked it. All right, guys. That's it. That's it for Gattaca. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. And if you like the podcast, tell your friends about it. And tell Barry Pepper about it. Please. He is on Twitter and Instagram. And tell Cameron Diaz about it because she has (laughs) nothing else to do these days. Yeah, she should be be listening to our podcast. So much time for pods. That should be our new segment. Who has plenty of time to be a fan (laughs) of our podcast? I thought you were going to say that should be our new segment. Here comes Cameron Diaz because she has nothing to do. We got to find her. Kenna, where can the audiences find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or really wherever you get your podcasts. We're super accessible. You can also find us on social media, uh, on Twitter, at The Boot Podcast, and Instagram, at Boot Podcasts. You can find Brian on Instagram and Twitter, at Flynn B. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Kenna Trent. I don't know why I'm so out of breath. Because you're not designed for the stamina of a man's breath. Yeah. <laughs> My expiration is in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks for listening. And tune in next time. Bye. For future reference, right-handed men don't hold it with their left. <laughs>